Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. babe welcome to another episode of the believe in bravo besties podcast it is your host diana jebbia go ahead we're gonna get the spelling out of the way early if you're not already following me on instagram and tiktok you can do so at diana jebbia g-e-b-b-i-a and make sure while you're there you follow believe podcast network too at believe podcast b-l-e-a-v and believe pop culture How was your weekend? You know, I had a first, by the way. Yeah, I got my first tattoo. Um, It had been something I always wanted to do, especially before I turned 30. And I always had a fear of needles. So I'm guessing you could see how that would be a problem. But this year, I overcame my fear of needles. Like I got the blood test, two COVID shots, my third ear piercing, and now my tattoo. And if you're a logical person, you're probably wondering, Diana, you said third ear piercing, which means you got two before then. How'd you do that? Well, the first one, I was a little baby, so I didn't remember. And like, I know that's controversial, but I'm actually really glad my mom did it when I was a baby because I probably wouldn't have gotten my ears pierced as a kid if she didn't. And then for my second piercing in junior high school, I was mad my cousin did it without me. So when we got in the car and her mom picked us up, I said, I want my second ear piercing. And her mom drove us straight to the mall and my mom met us there. And I screamed for about 20 minutes until two people got on either side of me and pierced them both at the same time. I did much better with my third, by the way. Just want to let you all know that. And I didn't even cry at my tattoo either, um, which is exciting. I got two little butterflies on my ankle. Like, I'm a really spiritual person. Butterflies are my sign I'm on the right path. When I ask for them, one flies by me if it's a thing I should be doing. So I kind of just, I wanted that with me all the time. And yeah, I mean, everyone, so they're like, did it hurt? And I'm not going to be like, oh, no, it didn't hurt. But it wasn't agonizing or anything. Didn't feel great. I wasn't like, oh, yeah, I keep hitting me with this needle. I enjoy it. No, it was more of like, all right. Anytime you want to stop is good, but like if you can't right now, I understand, bro. And and you know, it looks beautiful. I'm really happy with it. And I feel very much like Leah McSweeney on The Real Housewives of New York, except I don't think I will be getting as many tattoos as she has. I know I won't be getting as many tattoos as she has. You know that episode when they were in Salem and they all get tattoos? Countess Luann got one, by the way. She got a lotus on her wrist, but they didn't show it. Um, I remember when we were, when I was watching that, we equals me and my stuffed animal, I guess. When I was watching that, I was freaking out because Ebony, when she got hers done, she was like, this is just so much pain. Like, this is the worst pain I've ever felt. And I had already booked mine at that point. And I'm like, oh my God, is it really going to be that intolerable? Oh, the Vanderpump Rules trailer is playing in my ear. Okay. That was a choice that I did not make myself. I have the pictures open, the cast pictures open on the website for um, Spilling the Bravo Tea today, and the trailer decided to play. Sorry about that. I don't know if you could hear it. You probably couldn't hear it, and I could have just went on as normal, but that's not what we do here. We go with the flow. Anyway, yeah, when Ebony was screaming bloody murder, I was like, oh my God, did I make the right decision by booking this? But it really wasn't that bad. So the long and short of it is, if you are thinking about getting a tattoo just do it. I'm a wimp and I made it through it. I didn't even cry. 
Achievement unlocked, as we used to say in college. Anyway, how about we spill some Bravo tea, shall we? We shall. So the Vanderpump Rules cast, they released the um, cast photos for their confessionals today. They're all looking really good. There's no one where I'm like, oh, that's the look you chose? No, everyone looks so nice. Do I have a favorite? I'm probably biased in saying Lala. Lala's kind of just always my favorite with everything she does, which I know is a controversial opinion. I know we shouldn't always back her, but guess what? I'm going to. I'm going to back Lala because she's great. She's honest. Does she make mistakes? Yeah, but if she didn't, she would be boring and we stand. My favorite look of hers, she has two. Well, they all have two, but two of her pictures already came out. I like this um, olive green corset top she's wearing with her hair down. Uh, olive green I am a huge fan of because I'm a redhead and olive green just looks great with that. And I'm loving a corset top. Corset? A corset top. A corset top lately. I feel like it sucks you in in all the right places. It boosts everything else you need up all in the right places. And it turns heads. So well done, Lala. Another honorable mention. I think Charlie's looking good. She's got, I can't tell what this is, if it's a dress or a tank top, but it's like a silver polka dot tank top with a little bit of skin showing. And she looks really pretty and her makeup looks good. Sheena, I don't, I don't not like it because like I said, I'm, I'm pretty happy with everyone's looks, but I don't know. Her, her dress kind of looks like a corset, but like with 80 sleeves, if you will. It's just, I don't know. It wasn't my favorite, but it doesn't look bad. It doesn't look bad. I'm going to do a real ranking the looks later and we'll just go from there. All right. Next thing we got to spill the Bravo tea on is Heather Gay. So if you were watching the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City the other night, you probably watched the Watch What Happens Live afterwards. If not, boy, did you miss out on something. So Heather was on along with Mia Thornton from the Real Housewives of Potomac. And Andy had asked Heather, or I think it was a fan question, can you separate or how can you separate your friendship with Jen from what she's being accused of doing in case you're living under a rock she is being accused of being the mastermind of a giant telemarketing scheme right uh particularly one that deals with the elderly so being accused of scamming the elderly for the too long didn't read and then as a little like branch of that question Andy then asked Jen well, do you think she did it? And Heather's response was a little weird. It was a little weird because at first she was like, well, it's irrelevant whether or not she did it. And then she she followed that up by saying, yeah, I always knew Jen's business was a little unsavory. And Andy's face was all of us like, wait, what? Like, are you saying you knew Jen was up to something? Which she clarified she didn't. She didn't know she was doing anything illegal. But she did say that Jen's business always confused her and at the reunion, Andy did kind of like help her along there and was like, oh, yeah, at the reunion, you were like, what are you doing? Like, what what do you do? What What is your business about? And then Heather was like, yeah, I've always been interested in people's business. So it was just very confusing to me. Now, listen, I'm not saying that comment means Heather knew something. I don't think that. I just think that was a weird comment to come out with. Like, if you know your friend is is doing something like unsavory or like shady or just something that seems off wouldn't you as your friend as their friend rather wouldn't you want to help them and be like "Mm, sis is your business okay 
what are you doing here? Is this really projecting you in the best light? Like, because she said she didn't know she was doing anything illegal. So let's just take it at face value. Like Heather really was thinking that her business was weird and it's not portraying her in a good way. Wouldn't you want to tell them that? Like the whole thing I say over and over again with this podcast is that a real bestie is going to call you out when you're not doing the right thing. And one would think that if you're running a business that's a little rough around the edges, you would tell them coming out of a, a place of concern. At least I would tell my friend. Actually, I don't I don't know. Maybe it is a tough spot to be in. I'm a Libra rising, by the way, so I see both sides to the argument in most cases. So I can I can kind of see how that would be a difficult position for Heather to be in if she did think something was up. And how do you say that to your friend? But then also like, I don't know, I would also want to look out for my friend and bring it up to them. So I don't think Heather has addressed this comment any further. I've been trolling her social media. I haven't seen anything. I think that the attorneys on the who are representing the the um, plaintiffs are going to have a field day with that information. Thank God Ronald Richards isn't on that case because he would be using that against everyone. Actually, hold up. I haven't checked his Twitter yet. OK, in the interest of you not listening to me searching out loud because that's boring. I looked at his Twitter and it looks like he hasn't made any comment on that, which is interesting. I mean, we know that he's not working on the Shaw case, but like the man loves the 15 minutes of fame. So you would think he would have something to say about that. But it'll be I know I keep saying interesting, but it will be interesting to see if that statement from Heather it's if it ultimately harms her, it's probably not going to be great for Jen, but I want to know if Heather's going to be pulled into not questioning, but I don't know if it's going to be any part of the trial. Time will only tell. But this season of Salt Lake City so far, I mean, we started out on a bang. First episode, and I was already screaming at the top of my lungs, like just when you thought like, oh, this is good. Like, no, it just gets better. So right away, we see the arrest happen. Of course, it's it's one of those like glances into the future and then we flash back. But damn, I love how Jen just like answers the phone and she's like keeping her cool and she's like, OK, I got to go and like turn off my mic pack. She says it to Whitney. Cool as a cucumber, like is not phased one bit and then just leaves. And then all the other housewives, like they're not expecting anything because, you know, it's not like she was frantically like, oh, I got to get out of here. She's just like, no, I got to go. Something's happened. And they're all like, OK, bye. And then the feds come. Dun, dun, dun. And they're like, where's Jen Shaw? And my favorite was Heather. She's like, is she on the run? That's kind of funny. I don't know why. Just like, is she on the run? Like it's like a Western film or something. And like, and you see like Jen Shaw go away like on a cowboy. That's like my galloping. Um, Yeah. And then uh, not Heather. Whitney gets the news on her phone and she's like, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City star accused of fraudulent blah, 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 blah. I didn't think that they were going to give us the arrest right at the beginning. But then, of course, they flash back to two months prior 
And we got to wait until God knows many how episodes to see it all go down, to see the aftermath of that. It's going to be really exciting. I mean, that's kind of an insensitive term to use. Exciting to see someone get arrested. But like we as fans, we're kind of glad that they were able to use that footage. I remember when it first came out, we weren't sure if it was going to be legal for Bravo to use that footage. Also, one thing I want to bring up, and I did hear on the Watch What Crappens podcast, this is their theory too, so I feel really justified in thinking this, but my friend messaged me the other day. She's like, who do you think ratted out Jen um, to the feds that she was at Beauty Lab? And my, I said to her, this was before I listened to Watch What Crappens, I was like, it was obviously a producer. Think about it. They're a production company. They know where they're filming and at what time. I don't think the feds are going to go to another housewife and be like, yo, where are you guys filming? Because I don't think they would trust them to keep it secret. And I don't think if Bravo was approached by like federal agents, I don't think they're going to be like, yo, we don't know. Like they're they're not going to risk their ass and risk getting like production shut down to cover for their most annoying star. So I definitely think it was production. And then on Watch What Crappens, they said the same thing. So I feel really, really justified in my thinking but yeah we gotta wait until uh, I don't know how many episodes from now to see how that actually plays out so very excited for that but we do flash back and Jen and Lisa are talking and Jen is telling Lisa how Sharif her husband almost divorced her for you know she said it's like it's because of how I am and we all know about her bad behavior and things like that which if she didn't have a federal case against her and like we didn't know about it and we watched it unfold in real time I would believe that but it's just so interesting that like all this happened now and now we're like oh there was a divorce a potential divorce rather I'm not saying that like it's the same as Erica Jane's situation which I want to talk more about that in a little bit but it's just it's just weird timing It's just weird timing, but like clearly she needs that support. So, I mean, for her sake, I'm glad he didn't. I don't know. Also, there was an interesting comment. So listen to this. Lisa and Jen are talking and they're talking about like Jen's issue with Meredith. And Jen says to Lisa, like, girl, you know, I'd go to jail for you. I haven't gone to jail yet. Like we can file that under the Bravo Hall of Fame for things that aged horribly horribly also on that list there was a tweet from Stassi that said like never fire me Andy Cohen or never fire me Bravo or something like that again aged horribly Erica Jane everything she's ever done aged horribly so Jen just earned herself a nice little display in that hall of fame I can't with Jen like I just can't I've never been a fan of hers and now that this is coming out and just seeing how she's acting it's a little bit different from Erica Jane right now because at this point in the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills the legal drama has been announced and Erica is still proceeding to act like an idiot on the show at this point in Salt Lake City the legal issues have not unfolded yet so she's acting like an idiot and thinks she's not going to get caught but in real time Jen is insisting she's innocent her tagline for crying out loud is the only thing I'm guilty of is being Shaw amazing. So she's still denying she's guilty of anything. And these are pretty big charges stacked against her. 
One thing I also want to compare to Erica Jane is Erica is not being criminally charged with anything yet. I've mentioned that before. There are no criminal charges against her, which means as of right now, she cannot be sent to jail. Jen's charges are criminal and there is a lot of jail time on the line. And I don't want to compare these crimes because it's insensitive because at the end of the day, people were taken advantage of and scammed in different ways. But Jen's um, consequences and Jen's involvement or alleged involvement, I should say, excuse me, is more severe than Erica. What we know about Erica now is that she spent money that was allegedly embezzled. Jen is being accused of being the head of this scheme. And we don't know if Erica knew or not. If you go back and listen to my last episode with Zach Peter, which, by the way, probably one of the best episodes I've ever done. He really, really uh, dives deep into Erica Jane's legal issues. So you got to you got to listen to that if you haven't already. But yeah, we don't know if Erica knows or not. And it's it's hard to say if she does. But like, obviously, if Jen's being accused of being the head of this telemarketing scheme, there's a good chance she might have known something. And I'm saying that lightly because I don't want to get sued. You know what I mean? Jen's in a much worse off position than Erica. Another thing I saw a lot of when this was going on and Jen was crying about her husband, like wanting to leave her and all that. Someone was like, is it sad that I feel bad for Jen, but I don't feel bad for Erica? And I'm like, what? Is this a thought you can actually have? I don't know. I I don't get it because like Jen's being accused of taking advantage of the elderly and and conducting, co-conducting this scheme. And Erica, as it stands right now, spent some money she had been spending all her life. Again, we don't know if she knew. And she's got to go through a divorce on top of this. And we don't know if if Erica's divorce is a sham. You know, until it comes out, we just don't know. Yeah, Erica's acting like an idiot. Yeah, she's going on Instagram and she's not painting a great picture of herself at all. She's not doing anything to show compassion for the victims. But I don't think it's fair to show Erica no mercy and then turn around and be like, oh, I feel bad for Jen. Sorry, I just don't think that's fair. I don't know. Anyway, back to the episode. I freaking love Whitney. She is hysterical. Can we talk about the fact that she dropped a cake on the floor four, was it three or four times? I don't remember if it was three in the house or one outside or two in the house and three outside, but like she did not give up. She dropped the cake on the floor, burning candles, by the way. Every time she did that, I had a heart attack that her house was going to go in flames. And then she smushes it back together. I don't care how clean your house is at that point. Like after the first, the first drop, I don't think it, yeah, no, it did fall face down. Sorry, it did fall top down. So like after the first drop, I would have just like called it quits and threw the cake in the trash. But she smushes it back together and it's like, all right, it don't look that great. But like it's whatever. We'll let it slide. The second drop, it's like totally a goner. Like like stick a fork in it and not in the eat it way. It's done. Candles are are broken like it's a mess. It looks like a pile of whipped cream at this point. And she like smushes it together and she brings it outside. Okay, maybe she only dropped it three times. And then she goes outside and she's got like the whipped cream pile with the candles in it. And then she drops it again in the concrete, which I don't I hope they didn't eat it afterwards. I can't remember if they did, but like, ew, like concrete pebbles in your cake. Nobody wants that. I don't know why she didn't post me. It's a fudgy the whale. 
at that point. Fudgy the whale is delicious. It's a square cake, so you can like keep it in the box and grip it from both sides. Or it's not a square cake. It's shaped like a whale. But like the box is square. You could grip it from both sides and bring it outside, put it on a table, then open it up and serve it and stick your candles in it and whatever and not burn everything down. But that's why we love Whitney. You know what? She proves she's persistent. She is if nothing but persistent. And also great, great camera time. Also, I forgot to mention this with Jen, but how do you like that everyone who didn't live in their own house last season because like we found them out everyone was like oh yeah by the way we had to rent a new house oops I feel like if the fans didn't find out that these were all rented homes and we didn't find out that I think the issue was don't quote me on this but I think it was just like filming permits with HOAs and they weren't allowed to film at certain houses so they were all rentals or whatever could be wrong don't know if that's true don't know if it's a rumor don't sue me Um, But I feel like if we didn't find out it was rentals, like the facade would have. Sorry, I just smacked my windscreen. The facade would have just kept going another season and there would have been no need for this. Like, so this is my new rental. The other one didn't work like liars. You were just living in a fake house. Just be like, sorry, we were living in fake homes last year. My bad. Truly my bad. But yeah, that was interesting. And then there's like Jen showing off all her closet, pulling the old Erica Jane, even though, again, I don't want to compare, but like the actions are similar. Showing off her wealth and the lawyers are salivating somewhere. They're like, oh, this is good. This is tasty. (laughs) What am I on? I'm on nothing. But yeah, it's just when you go on reality TV, do you not think, hmm, is there anything I don't want getting out and I need to fix like right now? I don't know. I don't know what Jen was thinking. But anyway, back to our regularly scheduled program. Mary, 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 quite contrary, you got out of your closet. Um, She is starting a podcast, which I'm sure... 12 people and 12 people only listen to because that did not sound entertaining to me at all. I hate to sound mean. (laughs) Not that I have the world's most popular podcast. And listen, I know it takes a lot to put yourself out there and start one, but like it just didn't sound interesting. So she has her um, two guys from the church and they go into this room and she's like, yeah, I've been talking to myself all pandemic. So I decided to start a podcast. Now, I will stick up for her there. A lot of people were like, oh, I'm not surprised that Mary's talking to herself. Listen, I live alone 3,000 miles away from all my closest friends and family. I talk to myself. I talk to my stuffed animal cuppy from the parent trap because I don't have anyone here. I mean, I do. I have friends, but like I don't have people around me frequently. So I talk to, to cuppy. Like when I don't, I don't know, uh, what's an example I could give you when I'm going to cook? I'll be like, oh, it's time for dinner. And I look at Cuppy and I go, right, little smush, which makes me sound like a crazy person. And I know Cuppy's never going to respond to me. But you know what? Having that little validation from the cutest freaking stuffed animal on earth, it just helps me in that moment. Okay, so I understand how Mary would talk to herself. Also, I sang to myself. I started writing songs, like not real songs during the pandemic, but like like if I was cleaning the floors, you know, the song by R.E.M., Shiny Happy People, there's 
shiny happy floors they make me glad and I sing that when I'm cleaning so you just gotta do what you gotta do so I won't judge Mary for talking to herself I don't want to say judge in the next sentence because that's kind of mean but what was up with that portrait of Mary's grandmother in Jesus so for those of you who who don't know and are listening so like for my mom Mary Cosby is head of this church in Utah in Salt Lake City And her grandmother was the head of the church. And when her grandmother passed, in order for her to become the head, she had to marry her grandfather, her step-grandfather. So they have a photo of her grandmother, who was the head of the church at one time. I think her name was Rosemary. So like Dr. Rosemary Cosby and Jesus. And it's just like, it's so ridiculous. Who has a photo meeting Jesus? Mary's grandmother does. It's just so absurd. It's so absurd. So we're looking at that and they start the podcast and one of Mary's church bros, that's not what they're called, but that's what I think they're called, is like, okay, let us pray. And then like he goes into this prayer and he's like really getting into it. And I'm like sweating listening to it because it's it's a full on workout, like seriously felt like I ran a treadmill after listening to this guy pray. And Mary's like, no, no, you're not doing it right. Like and she takes over the prayer. Which is not surprising if you've seen, heard the alleged audio of her preaching and like just being really rude to her parishioners. I don't know. What a mess. Mary is just such a mess. Her wardrobe has not gotten any better this season. But you know what? What would we do without Mary? I mean, if the rumors of her leading leading a cult are true, that's not great. But what would we do without her? I'll tell you what, though. I really like Jenny. Her last name is pronounced Wynn, I think. I looked it up. Jenny Wynn. She's the newest housewife. She is so fashionable. She's got the cutest tagline. And she her entree into the show is through Lisa Barlow. Um, I feel like automatically she's going to have an easier time than other new housewives on other franchises because this show is still new. So the all the wives that are returning are already trying to figure out their footing. This is just their second season. They're, they're still new to the housewives world. So it's not like a Vicki Gunvalson where it's like, I've been through this, I can haze you type thing. So Lisa and her, they met through their kids' school and they bumped pregnant bellies. That was mentioned like 47 times, which is cute. They're both pregnant at the same time. They have a bond and they already have kids, other kids that are the same age. So that was nice. Her family is so sassy. I love it. What was her daughter's name? Hold on. Hold that thought. Carlin. Oh, my God. So cute. So sassy. Like she belongs on TV. Her family was just so heartwarming. And then Jenny went and called her husband a butterface. I was like, oh, yeah, when I met him, I was like, his body's great from the, the face down or the neck down, but like from the neck up, like, mm-mm. and I'm like, oh, my God, did she just call her husband a butterface? Like, at least she's honest. We love to see it. But that was really all we got from her this episode. It was just kind of the quick um intro, Lisa Barlow there. That's how they know each other. Here's the family. And that's it of Jenny. But I'm, I'm loving what we've seen of her so far. At this point, Jen's having her family over and her aunt walks in and it's Aunt Nani, who is the You Smell Like Hospital aunt from last season. So if you need a recap, Mary and Jen got into a fight last season. 
because Mary made a comment to Jen. Oh, you smell like hospital because Mary hates hospital smell. And Jen was like, I was in the hospital because my aunt was getting both her legs amputated. So this is the aunt that had both her legs amputated, Aunt Nani. And we know that because Jen is like, oh, Aunt Auntie Nani or Aunt Nani, do you have your legs on today? I should let you know that Aunt Nani was standing up and was walking. So one can conclude without having to make her show her prosthetic limbs on TV that she had her legs on in that moment. Not the best move of Jen. It just felt a little um, exploitive. Ex- exploitive is that the word? Yeah, it, it didn't. It didn't feel right. And then Jen's like, "It's the hospital smell, Aunt." And I should let you know, she no longer smells like hospital. She smells like expensive, not expensive Louis Vuitton perfume. So like, let's like record scratch. That's my record scratch. She's going on camera and is like, she smells like expensive Louis Vuitton perfume. I hope you didn't buy her that Louis Vuitton perfume. Because that's not going to look good to the lawyers. Okay? Just wanted to put that out there. They have their little family gathering. It's her son's birthday. I don't know. That's nice. I feel like Jen was trying to go on her redemption tour before the um, criminal charges came in like maybe she thought this was going to be her redemption season so she's trying to show herself as a real family woman and now she's got more problems to deal with so Heather Mary Whitney and Meredith go out for lunch they're in like one of those igloo things a lot of people I'm seeing they're like quoting it as like a COVID era igloo but I just want to point out that at least in New Jersey those things were around before COVID like um In Asbury Park, there was a restaurant that would do it like if it was cold outside, you could still eat outdoors in this igloo and they would provide heaters. So I don't want to give the the igloos not a bad name because of COVID, but like we're not going to attribute it to COVID. okay? like they've been a thing before. Maybe you just weren't cool enough to have them in your town. But back home in Jersey, they had those. We're always the trendsetters. okay? and maybe they had them in Salt Lake City, too, because it's cold there. I am on a tangent justice for the igloos. okay? but. Those ladies are going out to eat. Heather orders for the table like a pro. She's like, I want this appetizer, this, that. You get this, you get that. And I want to go out to eat with Heather now because I need I need someone in my life who orders like that. Although I do know a couple people that when I'm like, yes, we're going out to eat with them. Like we're going to get the good apps and plenty of them. <laughs> wow. I'm a hungry person. Jen comes up. The topic of Jen comes up. So Meredith has a problem with Jen. We know that because Jen was tweeting homophobic comments about Brooks. And we find out that Heather and Jen are also not good. But before I jump to there, I want to go back to the comments about Brooks. A lot of people are saying, oh, Brooks was an adult. Like, he was an adult. He had a confessional on the show last year. He's fair game to speak about. That comment in itself is fine. But the comments that Jen was liking, it was all insinuating stuff about his sexuality, which I guess he wasn't out yet. Um, That's the way Meredith made it seem. I don't know for sure if he was or wasn't. So that would be Jen, in a way, publicly questioning his sexuality, which is just not cool. Like, we don't do that in the year 2021 or ever. Oh, my God, I almost said in the year 2020. I don't even know what year it is. But we just don't do that ever. It's just not a good thing to do. So that's what the problem was. It wasn't that Brooks is an adult. 
You don't say that about anyone. Come on. And then Heather said that Jen is no longer friends with her. They haven't spoken. And she posted that she was a racist. Um, I'm guessing because of what went down at the reunion last year. So Jen's just pretty much in hot water with everyone. And meanwhile, Mary, the one thing I noticed about this argument is like when she's eating, like I think she was eating a salad, but she had her knife in her hand like the weirdest way. So it was just sidebar like they're all fighting and Mary's like, are you okay?" But now um, Meredith is hosting Shabbat dinner and Lisa's coming over with her family, which this whole thing from like the get go. So Meredith's dog almost runs out the door and Lisa's at the door and she's just like, Teddy, Teddy. And it's like, you're not going to stop the dog from running out. Poor Seth has to like chase the dog before it, it you know, jumps ship. And she's just like, hi. I don't know. That woman. That woman. Um, so the whole thing, it's, it's a nice tribute to Meredith's father. That's why she wants to have the dinner in the first place. Everyone's getting together. Um, but of course, we as viewers know this is a, a segue into Lisa and Meredith, who were very close at one point discussing Lisa's friendship with Jen, who, as I just mentioned before, Meredith is, is not on good terms with because she's speaking about Brooks. This, you know, I'm I'm happy with how Lisa conducted herself in this. She was using I statements and she was trying to say that, like, I, you know, can have a friendship and it's just not it doesn't have anything to do with you. And Meredith's like, no, she spoke about Brooks like that. Like, I don't care if you speak about my child that way. Like, we have a problem. And Lisa just keeps defending Jen. Like, at that point, I don't know. I feel like Lisa just should have been like, all right, that's it. Like, put a bell on it. Maybe this friendship can't be saved on its own. But that's really our first confrontation of the season. They, you know, they end fine, whatever. But I just feel like this isn't going to be the last we hear of this conversation. It's going to be like the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills with Sutton and Crystal. And it's brought up a good 78 more times until something else happens, a.k.a. the arrest heard around the world. The Shaw arrest heard around the world. That should have been her her tagline, by the way. The only thing I'm guilty of is being Shaw arrested. Huh? Sorry, I'm a jerk. But yeah, I'm so looking forward to the next episode of the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Potomac, which we didn't get to talk about today in Salt Lake City, they are bringing it. And definitely when OC comes back, it needs to take pages and pages of notes from these ladies because it is good. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Believe in Bravo Besties podcast. Remember to follow me on Instagram and TikTok, Diana Jebbia, G-E-B-B-I-A. And Believe Podcast, B-L-E-A-V, and Believe Pop Culture. And I will talk to you next week, babe. Mwah. Oh, also, I kissed you too prematurely. <laughs> Subscribe, rate, review five stars on Apple Podcasts. And also, if you have, you want to share your opinion, you want to just chit-chat, DM me. Okay, kisses again for you. You get two today. Mwah. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.